everybody. Welcome back to What's Bay Say. This is episode 16. It is going to be an amazing episode. I'm so excited. And I am Bailey. If we have not met before, I would um, love to connect with you. So make sure you're following on Instagram at What's Bay Say and keeping up with all of our updates. Today's episode is brought to you by Godspeed Merch, which is my friend Mark. You can look him up on Instagram. He's the man. They have really cool clothes and it's a good cause because he's good soil to sow into and then one church the number one and then the word church so go ahead and look them up connect with them and invest in them because those are good people but today family is an episode that has been long awaited we've been trying to get this man in the studio for a while ty and i and also everybody welcome ty on the other headset what's up fam Super excited about today. Yes, we have been beating the doors down with this guy trying to get him here. It's unreal. Yeah, you would think we didn't live together or something. <laughs> Have the people call my people. We'll set something yeah, up. Yeah, I had to get in touch with an assistant to book this time slot. But today's episode is one of my heroes, one of the best people I know in the world. It is my dad. So, hey, dad. <laughs> hey, baby girl. <laughs> Love the intro. Yes, this is Bo, Big Bo, everybody. You might have recognized him from TikTok. He went viral, so. Uh. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bo 7. <laughs> he was dropping boxes, or, or my mom was dropping boxes to him. If you recognize him, he'll sign autographs. Later, we'll do a meet and greet. But um, today. <laughs> right now, it's all about what they say. Yeah, today is not actually a TikTok interview. It is an interview <laughs> on your life, Dad. And um, I'm having you on because... You're just the man, and anybody who meets you loves you, and you have built something incredible out of your life, and you are one of the most joyful and encouraging people I know, and have been a great husband and a great dad, a great friend, a great mentor to Ty, great, just a good, you're good all around, but what y'all don't know is you actually really did have a hard time growing up and had a lot happen in your life, and so um, just to like a short version, can you just give me kind of like what growing up was like for you? the high points and low points? High points. uh, Grew up in a completely Catholic family. Went to grade school through 10th grade at a Catholic school. I've got one older brother who is is right now probably my closest friend, and and I look up to him immensely. Um, I lost my mom my senior year of high school to cancer. She got sick in the beginning of the year and passed away shortly after I graduated. was an amazing mom. I was a complete mama's boy. Mm-hmm. Um, was a lot, made high school a little difficult for me because I was so in love with my mom that I was a little soft, but that changed very quickly. And I can get you references to vouch for that. But um, <laughs> life was good. I grew up, we were, we were faithful Catholic people, Irish Catholic. We went to church on a regular basis. Uh, I always felt like I had a pretty strong relationship with God and uh, went through all the sacraments of being Catholic and grew up in a healthy, my dad was a traveling businessman, but home every weekend. We were very sports oriented and mm-hmm. school oriented and family oriented. So we had a good life. So I try to model a lot of what I do with you guys after some things that my dad taught me, and then a lot of what Papa taught me, which is obviously your grandfather on mom's side. Sweet. So yeah, he, um, left out a little bit of the details of that but growing up was good for you and then your mom was obviously a big shift but you overcame that and then you and um you took basically the things that you liked from your dad 
um, who's now in heaven with Jesus. And then you also took the things that you thought maybe you and mom wanted to do differently. And that's a big part of parenting is realizing that, you know, you don't have to do everything the exact same you grew up. And um, the way that you graduated high school and then kind of like a little bit about what you did from high school. Yeah, so basically I, I grew up in a Catholic family. I was a wild child, just to be clear on that. Um, not that I was a disobedient or a bad person. I just had a, uh, I was what at that time I would have considered to be a typical teenager, meaning that yeah. I didn't miss a party. I didn't. Mr. Social. Yeah, I was social. I had a good time. <laughs> and a lot of the things I did were not great decisions, but I mean, I didn't hurt people. I love people and I, and I still do, but I just, I, I, I got caught up in that lifestyle and I went down that path and it was a distracting path and it definitely caused me to miss some opportunities in life that I do regret. I missed not pursuing sports. I had a lot of opportunities very early on in sports due to my size and my abilities that unfortunately I wasn't able to pursue. I was more inter in, interested in, um, girls and yeah <laughs> girls and and partying in the beach and boating and things like that so my priorities weren't always straight and I probably did not get back fully on track until I met your mom so and it was a it even that was a that was a process that was a, probably a two or three year process for her to kind of to get me to where I needed to be but it was it was worth every bit of it and yeah. and I, I I had a great time I can't say I didn't love my childhood I did and yeah. and, I, and I and I and I didn't had a lot of good friends but um had a choice to do it again no I wouldn't chose that path yeah I think a couple of things number one um when he's talking about like being wild and whatever you have like a lot of crazy stories and all of them aren't bad like I think that some people think that when you talk about like oh I went down the wild road or the crazy road or whatever that it's like horrible and you're, you're like no I was actually having fun and I was not you know I was making these memories and doing all these things but it's fun for a little bit until it's not you know and there's those lines that get blurred and then they get crossed and you know there's a lot that comes with that and a lot of baggage that can come with that um so one I was just put out there that if anyone told you, like, sin's never fun and sin's just, like, this horrible thing, sin can look really fun, and for a season it can be fun, but for a lifetime it's not sustainable and it's not going to, like, actually get you to where you want to be. And then also I think it's important that um, you met mom in the midst of all this, and I think a lot of people will look at you and mom, and Ty can attest to this probably, in him seeing you guys in the inner workings of our family, um, they'll look at you guys from, like, the outside and think, oh, my gosh, like, their relationship is perfect. They have a perfect family. They have, you know, white picket fence. Like, they're so madly in love. And they would say, like, oh, you're such a good man of God and mom's such a strong woman of God. And you are that now. But obviously it, it did not start out like that. And I think that might be encouraging for people to hear that you really were, like, Sure, now you are madly in love with Jesus and you're walking and you're pursuing God and you're putting him first and everything, but you weren't for a long time. So I think that that's what kind of, I know you say mom played into that, but I guess what shifted? Because it's so easy to look at the finished product, but not realize all the process that you guys went through. Yeah, I think the, the walk, my walk was a little different. I, I kind of related to that. I didn't know what God had for me. So I didn't know, like, I thought I was already at the apex just when I turned one corner. I think, oh, I'm, I'm going to quit drinking and I'm going to start doing this. And I thought, oh, this is it. And I didn't know that it could go further. So if you don't, 
I feel like I was um, like I was playing in the woods and everybody was having a great time. And I was just thinking about how much fun we're having playing in the woods. Well, then it got dark and everybody realized we didn't know how to get out. Well, I never knew we were lost. I just thought we were playing mm. in the woods. So because I didn't know we were lost, I didn't know. What it's like to be yeah. found. Yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer too. He wanted me to disclaim. He never cried until he got saved. Everybody. <laughs> and I so, have references on that too. <laughs> yeah, because he said really when he only cries when he's talking about Jesus or he's talking about his kids and mom. But it's we told it's, it's a good thing to cry, right, Ty? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I only cry like once a year, so you've already almost got me beat. Yeah. So it's a. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, no, I. It's. I mean, that's a pretty cool to hear that. And like, I'm really curious on like at what point. Um, when you met Courtney, were, like, what did she say? Because, like, you're mentioning, like, you didn't know you were even lost, and that's, like, a real thing. Like, some people just don't know because they don't know. They've never really, you know, heard the gospel, or, like, like they just have no idea just because they just don't know. But, like, at what point with Courtney, like, did y'all have that conversation? Did you finally realize, like, wow, okay, maybe I should, like, look into this? Like, what did what was her angle? Like, what did she communicate? Like, how did she bring that even up and, like, what was that transition of like, okay, like this is probably something I should entertain or follow. Like, yeah, I guess that interaction, like what was that like? Well, Courtney was able to see things in me that I didn't know I had. So mm. when someone can see something in you that you can't see, they can help bring it out. And because Courtney loved me so much and her parents, I give them credit for this too. They prayed for Courtney's husband to be the person that she needed him to be. And I wasn't that person. I mm. was the person I just hadn't developed in what I needed it to, to be yet. And growing up in a Catholic church, and, in, and um, I, you, you almost feel like because you're in church your whole life and in Catholic school that it's almost like, I don't want to use the word get out of jail free card, but I felt like I was already on the path. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I guess the closest analogy that I can give you to help people, and I'm big in analogies, and I don't know if it's going to frustrate people or not, but I felt like I was a train track. This was salvation, and this was my walk. I was going the exact same way that other people were going, with salvation right next to him. I was walking right next to him, but I never let God intertwine with my life. When those two tracks crossed, when my life crossed with what Jesus wanted me to do, instead of being a train track, I became one line and I intertwined it with my life. That's what Courtney did. She's like, Hey, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad you're going to church and I'm, and I'm glad that you're, you pray over our kids and I'm glad that you do these things, but you have, it's not just on Sunday and it's not just that they're bedtime prayers. This needs to be reflected in your life on a day-to-day -day basis. And I was again thinking, man, I'm right here with everybody else the whole time. I don't know why you're giving me a hard time. And I didn't ever, I didn't fight it because I knew Courtney was the person I knew I was in love with her and I wanted to be with her and I didn't want to lose her, but it did take several years of hard times that she stood by me and, 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 mm -hmm. and gave me grace in times when most people wouldn't have, you know, so I'm, I'm very fortunate and grateful that she did that because without that, I wouldn't have five amazing kids and I wouldn't be almost 28 years into my marriage. So, um, I think it's important sometimes that people you think to, I get to a certain point and, and this is good enough, but you haven't even experienced it. It's it, your walk with God is, is an evolution. It's a constantly growing thing. It's, 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 it's never ending. So you get saved and you get baptized and then you, you go to a church camp and all that's great. But it, when you implement it into your life on a day-to-day -day basis and, and you really feel like you hear the Holy, Holy Spirit literally telling you like anything from look up, you're about to bump a car to 
you need to help that person right there. When you're attentive to what the Holy Spirit has to say, it opens up your your walk with God and allows you to to bless other people, yeah. to open God's up the ability to bless you. So it's you it's it's a day to day, it's a walk and talk on a day to day basis. And Courtney, her and her mom and dad, who are very godly people. And when I first met them, I'm going to be honest, I thought they were a little crazy. I mean, I really did. I'm, I'm dating this girl, and, and this guy comes walking into dinner at, at Longhorns. It's packed on a Friday night, and he says, somebody say glory, right in the middle of the whole restaurant. And I'm like, i got to go to the bathroom. i got to eat. But, I mean, you know what? I grew to love him so much because it's that boldness that yeah. he took. And it's you don't have to run into a restaurant and say glory. You don't have to. Um, to be that bold. That's not everybody. That's who Papa is. That's who my father-in-law is. And he walks that. And guess what? It's 24, 7, 3, 6, 5. Yeah. You will not get him to vary from who he is. When you identify with that and you're that comfortable, it allows you to grow. And Courtney made me feel comfortable because I, all my friends were single guys or guys that were married and they were drinking. And, and, they, and, and a Friday night was, let's go bowling and drinking everything involved alcohol in my life at that point basically because yeah. that was just socially acceptable but the same thing on sunday i wasn't hung over in church i was there i was at todd's parents church i mean i was there and you were just born i mean but i was at the point when bailey was born that i started realizing and her sister's a few three years older that i was on a pathway that i didn't want my kids to see me the way i was looking that saturday before that sunday meaning I wouldn't want Bailey to remember seeing me the way I looked on Saturday when I was on the boat with my friends like, like an idiot. I didn't want that to be a, a memory that you had. I didn't want Madison to remember that. And that was the awakening for me. It's different for everybody, but yeah. I was embarrassed. I was never embarrassed up to that point. I had a revelation that I don't want my kids to remember me as being this because this is not This is not even, the, this is the worst part of my life. I'm a really good man. And this was part of it. But I had to, again, I had to separate. There's certain things in life I had to pull away and other things I had to pull in. And when I had that, it was a difficult transition. I mean, it was. I mean, I had friends constantly going, oh, man, you could drink a beer. It's not that big of a deal. And it wasn't that I'm not an alcoholic. And I'm and, and praise God for the ones that are that are getting help. But that wasn't what it was. I just didn't want to do it because it brought out the worst characters of me. And when I realized That's it was good. lessening who I was and the image I wanted to promote because I wanted to be seen as something mm. to my kids. And it wasn't really I didn't necessarily care what my friends thought, but it ended up being. I ended up being influential on them. I did it because of what my wife thought of me and what my kids mm -hmm. thought of me. That's and so when good. I was more concerned with what, if God was standing here, the WWJD bracelets, when those came out, that was a rocking thing. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do if he's standing right here? What would you do differently if Jesus was sitting right here? What would you say differently? And that's a hard thing for people to grasp. But for some people, mm -hmm. that's the checks and balances. That's what sways your decisions sometimes. So and good. sometimes... If you need another vote, you're sitting in a room by yourself, and I'm thinking, I should do it. Okay, Jesus, what do you think? And you're thinking, I don't even have to ask him because I know the answer. Yeah. I just need to say it, to hear it to myself, to know it was a bad decision. And it becomes easier. All those transitions become easier. That's and good. then instead of being work, now it's now I'm trying to think, what can I do more for people? Yeah. So it just changes at that point. Mm. Wow. You were like, I'm not going to be pastoral, and you're literally pastoring. <laughs> not, not trying to be pastoral. No, just... no, no. It's so good, and it's, it's, <laughs> it is really, really good, Dad. That's all. It helps to have an amazing woman, though, that you know. That... We're going to get into that. Yeah. I need, I need, we need the details. Yeah. So this is literally, well, two things you said great that I just don't want to, like, go over. Number one. We are going to talk about parenting in just a little bit, but you said that Nanny and Papa were praying over 
mom's future husband that they didn't know that it was you right but one praying works and it's not just something that you do that's cute that is something that will um create space for god to give your kid the desires of their heart so number one pray for your kids pray for their future pray for their future kids we have a prayer that dad's prayed over us since i was literally born that goes over every single thing and maybe at the end of it you could say it and parents can listen to it or something but um pray for your kids and then secondly i thought it was cool that you said um you had this idea of what salvation looked like and what god pursuing jesus looked like and checking the boxes going to church i read i pray whatever but then mom introduced you to, no, this is not like um, a job. It's not like I clock in for Jesus and I clock out. It's like every moment matters. And every moment it has significance in that when you start to view things as, like mom says, there's miracles everywhere. And there is. There truly is. And when you start to live in that, um, just that heavenly like curiosity and that heavenly place, how different your life becomes. It's not just like I'm a Christian. It's like this is my life. Like my I pray over my family. I pray over my kids. I pray over meals. You pray over business deals and everything and what you invite God into. That's what God can bless. So I think that that's really cool that mom was that gap for you. But now I love this story and I'm going to mom's going to come on the next one and y'all are both going to tell it. So no pressure. See who tells it better. (laughs) How did you and mom meet? And you don't have to be like um, candid or or like you can be as what you can be as. Wait, what am I trying to say? (laughs) Yeah. Be you. Be you. Yeah. yeah totally. so tell it your I version. Bo version. <laughs> no, tell it your version. You met. How did you and mom meet? And then how did it go from? Just say it. Just say. It. I'll, I'll yeah, just, I was actually living in Florida. I was home for the weekend to see my brother, who was a firefighter. And I went to the fire station he was at. And Courtney, who's now my wife, was a cadet at the fire department. She was very young at the time. I think she was probably 16 or 17. And I was probably 21 or 22. There's five and a half, almost six years between us. And I met her at the fire station. And I knew every guy in the fire station was thinking, oh, my God, this girl's so cute. She's so fun. <laughs> so back then, it's funny when you're looking for a wife, and these change too. This is an evolution. When you're looking for a life or looking for, for a wife or love, you, you have like a prerequisite. She has to want children. She has to be a Christian. She has to do this. Well, when mine was real simple. They had to drive a four-wheel drive. I just thought girls that drove four-wheel drives were so cute. And I looked out and she had a red Jeep. It was just a fun thing. I lived in Georgia. My name's Bo. Come on. I was, I was thinking <laughs> four-wheel oh drivers. We had to eat chicken wings. And at that point, I still I was a love dogs, and it was drink beer. Well, mom didn't drink beer, but I was willing to make the concession because... She was so cute and she was so fun. Oh my God, she was in the fire academy. And my brother said she was just destroying the guys in the academy. So the fact that she was <laughs> Which doing, is so funny because she's tiny. She is tiny. She's tiny. But she's feisty. She is. She's like a little chihuahua, a little nipper. But she, uh, she was in the academy. So I met her that day. And I think I probably tried to talk to her that day. And I probably didn't do super well. Because it's, it's tough in an environment at Firehouse. Because there's all guys and there's just one girl. And she's real cute. And she was younger. And I, they were older than me anyway. But... I came back and talked to her again the next time I was there. And I think I finally asked her out that time. I was like, look, let's go out. To, let's go do something or whatever. And and to me going out was my dad was out of town, come to my dad's house. We're having a party. Which, Netflix and chill. Yeah, you know, it wasn't. We, we didn't know that. <laughs> Netflix wasn't out uh-huh. back then. But yeah, so it was more on. hot tub and chicken wings. But um, so <laughs> she came over to the house and uh you know what I found out just by talking to her then was the other thing was is when I was looking for a, someone to date or, you know, a potential spouse is 
do we have similar um, interests? Do we do the same thing? And she rode motorcycles. What? How many girls do you know that can get on a CR80 when you're 90 pounds soaking wet? And I couldn't even catch her. I used to race, chase her around the trails and motorcycles and I could barely keep up with her. So I was thinking, my God, I'm going to marry this girl. And I think I knew. You did. And you told her because mom. Yeah, yeah, I did. I I knew I wanted to marry her then. I did. But again, mom to me at that point was everything that I thought that I wanted, but I only knew that I wanted a little bit at that time because I hadn't set my expectations. It's no different than my walk with God. Like right then she fit the box. I was like, dude, I'll take this one right now. I'm going to come back when you're 21. We're going to get married. We're going to have kids, whatever. But she was 16 or 17. I can't remember. I think she was 16 maybe when I met her because I moved back. But um, so I went back to Florida. We, we went on a date and we hung out for a minute and I really liked her. Then I went back to Florida and came back a few months later and, um, we started trying to date then, and but she didn't she get a different boyfriend. Yeah, she had. I was finishing up a relationship with the girl that I had in Florida, and was kind of lingering that, and maybe not telling the whole truth about that. But I had more interest <laughs> in your mom than her, and that wasn't uncommon back then. I mean, I was a player, so I had to kind of keep things interesting. So mom was way smarter than most girls too. She didn't fall for anything, and you didn't have social media back then. You actually had to do some research. So, um, so. I didn't give her the attention that she wanted initially. So, and what'd she do? Well, that was a whole nother story. Yeah. <laughs> tell them, please tell them. It. Yeah. I, uh, I told Courtney when we were dating one night that I was going to go out with a friend of mine, uh, a, gr- a girlfriend of mine who really was just a friend of mine, um, and not spend time with her. So she said, okay, that's fine. I'll see you tomorrow. Well, about two hours later, my stepbrother texted me and said he was on a date with Courtney. So... <laughs> She just wanted to make me very aware of what was going on. She so she, is a boss. Yeah, she was. She had that all figured out. So she went on a date with my stepbrother. <laughs> made sure he called and told me. Made sure she called and told me. Well, needless to say, I never, uh, never pro- hung out with a girlfriend again. Never deprioritized <laughs> her again. And I knew, you know what? And again, this is what I'm saying. She took steps to debunk me a little bit to the way she wanted me to go. It was like little steps. That's kind of a drastic one and kind of a hateful one. But I mean, it was it was a necessary one because I knew that Courtney was important, just yeah. like I knew my relationship with God was important. But I kind of felt like I'm on a good path. I'm okay. Everything's okay. When she's like, you're not okay. Boom. And if I hadn't reacted to that, it would have been, I would probably would have lost her and it would have mm. been detrimental. So, I mean, she took some pretty radical steps. That one's one of the most known ones that she took, but she, uh, yeah, she did. She went on a date with my brother, which is terrible, but, <laughs> but uh, wait, you never did that again. So wait, let me put all the lines together. Cause I interrupted you. So they, they hung out, whatever he liked her. And then he was kind of like playing the field and then mom ended up getting, this is my favorite part of the story. And the way that mom tells it, mom ended up getting another guy that you knew too. Right. And he, she like moved away. Right. Um, we worked at the police department together. Yeah, she moved. Where'd she move to with him? Montana. Or Montana with Montana. him. Montana? Yeah. So, yeah, it was a terrible She followed move. a boy to Montana and dad had already known you were going to marry her and mom says that she thought it was so weird because she barely knew you but you just were sure. And um, when called she... called her mom like every day. She knew this... <laughs> She knew this when she went to Montana? Yes. She was Dang. playing super hard to get at this point, man. This is like the ultimate. It's like ultimate frisbee on steroids. No, I mean, she Ty. Was, listen, this is literally this is out of a chat. love story movie. I had no idea about this. Yeah, it's crazy. So she moved. Dad loves her. <laughs> but he's also playing the field. She follows this guy to Montana. They're dating. And every single day she was gone, what did you do? I called her mom and told her that I loved her and she needed to come back. And they wanted me to go rescue her from this guy who was not a good guy. 
And Dad until, said, I'll go get our I girl. I said, absolutely. And I wasn't really playing the field. I was like pinch running every once in a while. There. I mean, I wasn't <laughs> like fully involved. I knew where I wanted to go. I just didn't want to go yet, if that makes sense. Like, oh, I, well, I know about that. I was I've like, been through the yeah, I mean, I want to go to New York, but I want to go on New Year's Eve. You know what I mean? For the big apple, you know what I'm saying? I knows where I'm going with it. I got you. Wait, I got okay, you. so what's your piece of advice for guys like that? Because as you know, with daughters dating in their 20s, a lot of guys want they'll see a girl and they're like oh that's wifey like that's who i want to end up with and they'll do whatever what's your advice it's it's, it's the biggest misregret I, I can say this and i've heard this analogy and i won't use the the full thing of it but my wife is a unicorn there's not a lot of women that are like my wife my wife can be um my kids are, are, are smart. They're very well taken care of. My home is taken care of. Um, my wife could go to anywhere with anyone, and I don't ever have to worry. I don't have to wonder. I can let my mind create a problem, but there's not a problem. My wife is faithful, and she's a loving wife. And that those are, and, and I'm not diminishing the, the females in the world or the women in the world, but there's not a lot of women that are to that standard anymore. When you Yeah, meet people in general, yeah. No, when you find somebody like that, and they have all the characteristics that no matter what season you are in your life, because you don't know what season you're in, because I didn't know where I was in until I intertwined with my wife. And then all of a sudden my season changed. I went from, I'm going to go to a concert this weekend to I'm building a crib. I mean, and it, guess what? I was okay with building the crib. I didn't know it when I was trying to buy concert tickets, but when you, you, sometimes you just, it, God wants you to take a step in relationships. You have to take steps. There's risk in everything. There's in relationships, businesses, and sometimes it takes motivation to move forward. If you meet somebody that meets the criteria and you could be wrong, I'm not saying that it's, it's a guaranteed foolproof thing. Yeah. I wish I could tell you, if you see this in this person, you need to do this. It's not that simple. Yeah. If Somebody matches that criteria to, to your life and they meet the goals that you're looking for and you see them chasing God and they have a good family and they treat you well. Don't take that for granted because the chances of you duplicating that, it's not great. It's yeah. not, it's, it's most people fall short in this and they circle back and they have wishes or they say, hey, I wish regrets. I'd done this or I could have great regrets. Right. So to guys and girls that are in relationships, if you're not ready to get married, if you, if, it, if it's just not the right time in your life. And again, you might not know it, but it doesn't seem like that. Have that conversation. Don't just go, yeah, I'm going to go hang out for a little while, but I know I'm, we're going to get together when old, oh, if fate does this, it, that's all. It's just hogwash. It doesn't make sense. You, you need to act when it's time to act and you mm -hmm. need to speak when it's time to speak. And if you feel like you have somebody that's a good one, you say, you know what? You meet everything I want you to be. I, I I know that I love you. I know you have the qualities that I want to be, but I don't feel like I'm ready. Then you, the, that gives the, your partner or the person you're with a chance to respond and say, well, how can we get there? Because I feel the same way. And you know what? They might not feel the same way. It yeah. could save you some heartache if they don't. But if they respond back the same way, then you say, well, then let's figure this out. Go to counseling. Get in a group with other people that are in young married couples so you can find out the joys that they're having and get yeah. away from your friends that are influenced to their side. If you stay hanging out with single guys all the time, none of your single guys want you to get married. None of mm -hmm. them do because they go, that's one less guy. We're going to our group, their group's getting smaller and smaller. And you, they go from the Georgia game on Saturday to a birthday at, Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, it, it. guess what? I love Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's kind of scary. I get a lot of tickets there. That's so good, Dad. I need every boy, I need every 18 to 30-year-old boy to go and listen to that and, and learn from it. Pastor Michael Todd, Mike Todd, who we love, Oh yeah. he was um, in a panel recently with like Judah Smith and all those people, and he was like, here's some practical dating advice. If you're always with the girls, you going to always be with the girls. He was like, if you're always with your girls, GNO, doing this hot girl summer, 
you're going to always be in your hot girl summer. He was like, don't, like, you're not changing your environment. You're not stepping out. You're going to be in the same place. So that is, that was good, Dad. Amen. Yes and amen. Engage the conversation. Test the water. See where it goes. And then you can find out, you find a path. And it'll become more apparent because sometimes they're looking for affirmation they might not have gotten. And when they get that affirmation from that conversation, it gives them the courage to step forward. A lot of guys are shy. No one wants to meet rejection. Who wants to experience rejection? No one goes up to say, I'm going to go try this and, and see how it goes. So maybe they don't think that you're at the same place as they are. So it's important for you to at least take the step or have the conversation and at least let it take its course. So yeah, I think it'll be one of your biggest regrets if you don't. That's so good, Dad. So sorry, we're getting sidetracked. What happened after the, she went to Montana with this boy? She only yeah. stayed there. She didn't. I think she was there maybe maybe a month and she wasn't happy and she felt like, I mean, she knew she wasn't supposed to be there, but she's trying to how to figure out to get back. The guy was a little bit controlling. So I don't remember if her dad had to go get her or I think she just ended up getting on a plane and, and coming back. And we've been together ever since. I mean, she came back and at that point after her date, my step, going to date my stepbrother, leaving the state for 45 days, those are pretty obvious you know, you're making a mistake signs and not everybody gets that. You don't get it. A lot of times you miss little signs that these people gave you. I, my wife made very apparent ones. I'm going to make sure this guy knows if he doesn't Hi. do this, I'm going to do this type thing. So when that happens, it's, it's Still just working. Who's series going on? Is that my phone or somebody else's? I don't Ty, know. is that your phone? That's me. I'm sorry. That's Ty. Man. I'm just kidding. But yeah, you, I think that I was able to get like, I was able to have billboards tell me, turn around, you're making a mistake. And a lot of people don't get that. So I was fortunate. But Courtney was persistent enough that she knew from however she knew. And I don't know because I hadn't exhibited a lot of the great characteristics at that point other than my devilish good looks and my game, which has always (laughs) been on point, and my hair. But she knew there was more to it. And she was willing to put in the effort to help me get the awakening. And that's the way God is too. It's the, the same thing with my walk with in salvation. It's the same thing. Yeah. He'll keep giving you pieces to pieces and it, your interest grows. Then you, you keep growing and growing and growing. And it's, that's how it works. But she came back from Montana. We started dating very quickly. We actually moved in together when I moved here officially back. What'd Papa say about that? Yeah, he wasn't loving that part of it. <laughs> but Nanny bought me a really nice living room set. <laughs> Bo was broke back then. Did but, Nanny like you and Papa didn't? Was that kind of the... No, I think they both liked me, but nobody wanted their daughter, you know, to move in to with move somebody. In. But they knew that Courtney... I also got to see Courtney with her little cousins, like her little cousin, Caitlin, when she was born, who's one of Bailey's cousins, who she's maybe, what, five years older, six years older than you? Mm-hmm. Um Courtney used to bring her to see me all the time, and she was so cute. And I got to see Courtney as a mother. And let me tell you something. If mm. you're a girl and you're trying to hook a guy and he's a family guy, go borrow somebody's kid and bring him around the guy because it works. Oh. When you, when I saw my wife with my nieces and how much she loved them, and I'm talking about t- the how she buckled them into the car, the how she talked to him, how she played with them, I mm. knew all my wife wanted to be was a mother and that's and all i wanted was for my wife to be a mother I, some people want you know have people that dual income families i knew i wanted a stay-at-home mom my mom was a stay-at-home mom so that's all i knew and i was comfortable with that i would work six jobs so that no one else had to raise you guys and no one ever did we never even had a babysitter for you guys until probably Baxley was born when we started you know having co-babysitter right and it was like yeah and they donna lived there with us i mean it was you know so yeah, and Christian, and, and yeah, so we had some people help. But I'm saying that was who my who my wife was. So I mean, it's it's important. When I saw that part of her, 
um, that solidified. She was willing to fight for me. She was willing and she demonstrated her skills as a mother. I loved her parents and I loved the faith that they had. So I couldn't find a reason not to want to be with her. If that's yeah. what I mean, I couldn't even, I w at that point, I wasn't looking for reasons to s solidify my yes. I was looking for an escape hatch and there wasn't even one available. I wow. couldn't find one. I mean, that's beautiful, okay. smart, loving, but I mean, if I hadn't acted, somebody else, I mean, I would have lost something that was amazing. I mean, yeah. and, and again, people say, you love Courtney more now than you love her. Yes. You know, 10 years ago, I love her more th this minute and I love her more next minute. It's, it's, it's an evolution. You don't, it never stops changing. If your love gets stagnant, then it's lack of effort on your own part. Mm. When you love somebody, it's not, it's not a one to a hundred today. It's an 80. It's a hundred, a hundred percent of the time. And, mm -hmm. and that, that scale is growing. I know you can't go more than a hundred percent, but I'm just saying the volume and the effort into it grows on a daily basis. So when you really are in love and you can't imagine your life without somebody and you can't imagine them ever being away from you. And it's just, it's, it, it's, it's a scary thought, but it's an amazing thought, especially when the woman is in the same position you're in. So it's equally yoked is important, but mm -hmm. don't pass up on good opportunities because they don't come around often. That's for sure. Mm. That's so good. Two questions off that. Just the, um, we didn't talk about this beforehand. So I always joke on the podcast that you have made dating hard for me jokingly because you have been so thoughtful and so consistent in our life and have showed us how we deserve to be treated and I've never gone a day without being told that I'm loved by you that I'm beautiful that I'm valuable that I matter that God loves me and how proud you are of me so it's made dating kind of hard because these 20 year old boys are not on that same energy obviously I can't mm. expect them to be at their peak like you said you know you bring things out of people but I guess you as a dad to a single Christian 20 year old girl what is your advice for, say, a guy who's pursuing, pretend like it's me, but just, like, give advice to the guys. What would you say in pursuing a girl who honors God? And I'm not perfect by any means, but someone who really wants to, like, be something and do something. What's your advice to pursue confident women? The girl has to be... Society's changed so much with the apps and the texting, and it's taken a lot of the depersonalization out of it. You're going to have to look for glimpses of characteristics you're looking at for somebody and then pull it out of them. So the consideration factor, that person has to be considerate. And you can tell that pretty quickly. If, yeah. if, if an old lady's walking towards a door and I'm walking out and I don't hold the door for the old lady, that's a warning sign. That should concern you that he'd be willing to let a door go back and strike somebody. Or if you see someone trying to pick up a, a heavy box, a woman trying to pick up a box and put it in her car at the Walmart and you walk by and don't offer to help her, it doesn't mean it's a deal breaker, but if you say, hey, give that lady a hand, not, you're kind of grooming them, but also maybe you're bring, maybe he's uncomfortable to do it. And he was going to act on it, but he didn't want to. Give him the benefit of the doubt a couple of times. But, I mean, if it's consistent deficiencies and you can't get past it, then you can't get past it. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not – again, you got to look for – Sometimes you got to start by looking for any glimpse of hope. Like, okay, he's a great looking guy and he's, and he's very driven and he's successful. So I feel like the ability to take care of me is good. And I feel like we, we 
get along. Our vibe is good. Like our communication is good. My concerns are um, that I don't think he's considered enough or whatever. Give throw him a bone or give him a little bit of a push in direction and see if he reacts. Because if he sees if he sees the opportunity and you're pushing him towards it and he reacts to it, then he sees the response, the affirmation he gets from you. He's going to grow. When I do something nice and Courtney brings it up to me at a later time, like hey, that was really nice to you do that. And, it, and she doesn't always have to. Sometimes she just rubs my leg and I know what she's saying. That hey, yeah. that was a nice thing. But I look for that. I, my parents are not there anymore. So affirmation comes from your spouses or your partner. So sometimes it's important to at least give him a chance. Don't just go, oh, he should have done this because he might not have seen what you saw. So make things aware to people. But when you're dating somebody, I don't think you need to concede on anything. I don't think you need to back up necessarily, but you can't come out with a list and say, I'm going to ask you 10 questions. If you're not 10 for 10, roll out the door. You're going to be alone for a long time. I was probably two of 10 when mom found me. It probably took her 20 years to get me to 10 to 10. You know what I mean? And I don't yeah. even know if I'd be 10 to 10 now, but I'm just saying have realistic expectations, but don't, everything can't be judged at face value because perception is different too. When I see someone in a line and they're putting their credit card in and pulling it out and putting it in, pulling it out in my eyes, I'm seeing that I got to help that guy because it's, they're embarrassed. Their card's not working. I'm going to go bless them. Sometimes it's the credit card reader. Sometimes it's a misread, but God will prompt to see how you're going to respond to different situations. So you go forward and step forward and do that. You, once you do it one time and build confidence, it's not all about money. It's about time. If you see somebody at your church who says, you know, oh, this single mom's having to move this weekend. Well, she's not going to go around the church asking people to help. But guess what? She probably needs some help. Yeah. Show up. Roll up. Do something. And if a guy wants to impress you, it's flowers isn't going to impress you, I don't think. And, I don't, and opening the door is nice. And complimenting you is nice. But if he did something for you, if he would show up at, when you're preaching one night would be more to you, I think, than him doing something. Or if he would um, say, hey, I want to volunteer at that camp you're going to next week. Can I get approved as a leader? I think that would be more to you than that because that's what you're looking for. You're looking for someone who's gonna, who understands that I'm called to preach the word of God. I'm going to chase Jesus on a daily basis. I'm going to be a good wife and I'm going to be a good mother. And I'm going to prioritize my husband. But if you want to roll with me, this is what I'm looking for. So yeah. it's not a $200 dinner in the sundial in Atlanta is really not going to really wow you. I don't, I don't think, you know what I mean? All of you girls are different, but I mean, to you, to me, I think a guy in order for him to get with you or to get with you, he needs to know what your expectations are and you need to help him. Give him some hints. I mean, just, it's like a treasure map. Don't throw them out there and expect them just to figure it out. Cause they're not. Cause you've dated some guys who I didn't like initially, but then when I got to spend more time with them, I did like them, but I still, I still had concerns, but I thought, well, I didn't see this in him before, but now that I've seen this in him, now I like him a little bit more. That's the way you have to be. Because if you go, he doesn't meet all this right away, and you write him off, you don't do it. But then again, if you stay engaged too long and chase him, sometimes it's just, and I don't ever want to say desperate. There's, if you feel like you're called to be with someone, then only you know that. But yeah. don't let somebody string you long. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not encouraging anybody to do that. You, some guys are not, you're not going to fix. It's just not going to happen. And some girls you're not going to fix. But I've seen things that I missed initially and I'm a dad and a former police officer. So I'm very perceptive on what people do. And I watch a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to know that you got to give them hints sometimes, give them the opportunity to give to help and do something to see if they engage. And if they don't, and it's consistent, then either let them know, Hey, this bothered me, make them aware of it and see if they fix it. If not, then maybe it's not the right person. And that is the T right there. Because when you, boys and girls, females and males, when you're dating someone, people are going to mess up and they're going to have weak moments. They're going to have moments where they just fail and just honestly just suck. But when you bring something to somebody, if there's no change in behavior, that is amazing.
major red flag. Like, major, major. If they're consistently apologizing for the same things, they're not sorry. They're not. I love you. We love you. <laughs> Me and Ty, my dad love you. And we don't want you to be lonesome. But it is better to be alone and to be happy and to be healthy and to be whole than to be with someone who's making you question your worth because of the way that their actions are making you feel. Mm-hmm. And it's, I stand by that. Sometimes you're fishing in the wrong pond, too, though. I mean, people look for their spouses in a – and I want to find somebody in our friend group because I think it would be easier if I just date somebody that's in our friend group. That, that's not always – it's not always a great path. Sometimes ten the out of ten would not recommend yeah, dating. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go outside your own pond every once in a while. Because then you go to weddings and then all of your exes are there. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that conversation. But, yeah, it's it's – Dating at this time is difficult, and it's easy for people to hide behind social media and dating apps and say things that they don't have the courage to say. But you're looking for people that are going to be that that bold and that courageous in your presence. You want to see them demonstrate qualities you're looking for. And if they don't, then it's hard to get past that. But again, I didn't do the things now that I did. Yeah, back and then. you grew on it. I think the main things to take from that in the dating realm, from someone who's been married for 28 years, and you and mom have an incredible marriage, and your love is growing. And continuing to grow, one, obviously have to be equally yoked. God has to be in the center of it. Two, I think that, um, like you said, watch them kind of from afar and just see how they treat people. Like the most basic things, like are they opening the door? Are they helping people get stuff? And then also I think that it's so important that you both can see that you can bring something out of each other because I think there's been times where I was bringing things out of my significant other but they weren't bringing a whole lot out of me. Right. And I think that that's something to pay attention to because just as mom was bringing or you, mom was bringing things out of you, you were also bringing things out of her and affirming who she was and calling her higher. So I think that they're both important. And sometimes it's going to be more one person than the other, but it's still really important. But and sometimes that's that person's role. I mean, it's some, some, that's they excel at that. Mom, you know there's certain things that your mom's better at than I'm at and I'll never be as good at it as she is. And you can't expect that. Yeah. It's not across the board. It's just, it's different things. I'm a good provider. She's a good uh, person taking, you know, when, when I'm sad, she's better at that, you know, and I'm better at taking care of people when they're sick. It's, that's not her thing. I mean, it's, everybody has different things, but if you mash yeah. us together and then merge off all of y'all into our mix, our whole family together, like this little super juggernaut. So that's how it is. Your your life becomes like that. You're a better person when you're with the person you're supposed to be with. Amen. So it's like, and, and they bring out the better qualities in you and you bring out quite a in them. But like I said, mom helped develop areas of my life that I wasn't aware of. Now it's second nature. I won't ever walk by somebody who's trying to pick something up and heavy. I won't ever walk by somebody on the side of the road that's asking for something because I feel compelled to do it. You know? Which is... My next little segue, and Ty probably would have a lot to talk about with this because Ty and is married, and they are not parents yet, so he's going to be able to learn from this and take this advice. So I have learned as I'm getting older, I'm 23 and 24 in December, that so much is caught from your parents, good and bad, that so much, like I was talking to Mr. Joseph at the church the other day, and I was like, I'm just so thankful for my parents truly that they, like, did put they brought me to church they taught me the value of helping people I remember when we were young you guys would take us to buy gifts for people for Christmas and how excited we were to bless people and you used to give us quarters so that we were tithing because you wanted to teach us the importance of tithing and now as an adult we can build on that and grow on that so everyone collectively who I've talked to about this wants to know they want to know your perspective and mom's perspective so I'll ask her the same question what are your parenting tips 
If they don't have a kid, what are their parenting tips? If they have kids, what are your parenting tips? What have you seen, not like make it sound good, but really genuinely, what do you think has contributed to you having five kids who you have good relationships with, who are definitely not perfect, because we've given you guys a hard time, but y'all have stayed, we've stayed close, and um, yeah, what are overall your parenting tips, and then I'll let Ty ask a question based off that. <laughs> Can't wait for Ty's question. Um, the tip thing is, being a parent, uh, your first child, it is a absolute culture shock. It absolutely is overwhelming. It's absolutely, it's it's the most, at the hospital when everybody's around and the baby's just quiet and asleep, it's just the most amazing thing in the world. And you, as a man, will love, I don't even know how to compare it. When I when the first time I held Bailey's big sister, Madison, it was like the most overwhelming um I guess surreal. Yeah, it was surreal. Like I couldn't, I never knew that I had emotions inside my body that would relate to this little tiny five and a half pound baby that I, I used to hold Madison. She was so tiny in my hand. She was so little and I never knew how much I loved her. That right there, that initial bond of being a parent, when you first do that, that sets the pathway for it. Because when you love somebody, whether it's your mom, your dad, your brother, your wife, your spouse, whoever, <laughs> instinctively it's going to be to protect that person. You yeah. know what I mean? And that instinct comes first. It's immediate. The instinct is immediate. Like it's like almost like a mother bird. If you get near a nest, she's swarming around. There's no way a mother bird can stop me from grabbing a baby out of its nest, but that bird's going to attack and do everything it can to protect me to the point. Imagine being 295 pounds and six foot four and having that a five pound baby in your hand. I mean, it's like, it was overwhelming. I was confident and real, but I didn't know what to do with the baby either. I had no idea. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I was comfortable holding her and doing it, but I didn't want to change her diaper. I didn't want to do anything. But Courtney made sure that from the very beginning that I was part of every part of it. Cause she wanted me to bond with our baby. So I was bathing her changing diapers with her. And I, when I took her out, it was like the proudest thing in the world. I'd reel her around and, and everybody would be coming. Oh, and I, I mean, it, I was like, it's like having a puppy. I'd literally just, I'd want to take her for a walk. You know, Aww. the bond is important, but when you have that bond, it changes your whole life. It changes your heart. It changes your spirit and everything else. Parenting in itself is tricky because every kid is a hundred percent different and it's not a little bit different. They're all completely different. Our firstborn was a colicky baby. I don't think Madison stopped crying from the time she was born till she was a year old. I mean, straight through crying. I mean, everywhere we went crying. So as a, as a, I was a police officer at the time, we were just married. Um, it just, it, it wore on it, but we had to learn how to depend on each other. So, I yeah. mean, it's important that you're unified as a, as a couple, number one, but mm. when you raise the baby part of it, it is, it literally is the most, it's the most amazing thing. And every kid after one is just one more kid to get dressed, one more car seat. So I'm, I'm going to say the initial one is, 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 is the toughest one. And it's the greatest one too, not the kid, but the experience, because it's the first time of doing something. It's like the first yeah. time parachuting or whatever. It, you can't duplicate it time to time. You love every kid identical. People say, which one do you love the most? Who do you have the best relationship with it's an odd, I have a great relationship with all of them and all for different things if I have a certain need I call this person if I have a certain need I would call this person I have different uh relationships I have like a sounding board basically you know what I'm saying so if I'm if I'm business or freaking about something business or I need help with a project I would call Madison and if I was trying to think of something cool to do for mom creative then I would call you you know what I mean if yeah. I was trying to think of something fun to do for our family because 
we're all getting together. I call Kinsey, you know, and Baxi's like my boy, like he's Ty's boy. Like he's, I consider Baxi and his friends to mm-hmm. be my friends. I mean, when they all went to college, I've been lost for the last couple of months with them all being gone because all my friends left, but um, <laughs> it's different than Maddox. Who's was, is our youngest baby was, you know, I, nobody knows this when Ty does, but Courtney and I stopped having kids when Baxi was born. We had three girls and we had a boy. Courtney promised me when we had a boy that we were done. No more babies. We're good to go. And I said, I'm fine with that. We thought Kinsey was a baby. She was sure Kinsey was a baby. I mean, it was a boy. boy. I'm sorry. It was a boy. Not because of anything other than just a gut feeling. And, of course, she wasn't. She's a beautiful baby girl. We were so excited about it. But we had kept them three years apart up to that point so we could get through certain stages of the kids. And um, after that, we were at church. Todd's. Pastor Todd Smith, Ty's dad's church, The Rock in Gainesville, and Pastor David Edmondson, who was a rock pastor, but from a different church, was there at, at a big service. And he walked up to Courtney in the middle of the service and prophesied over her that you've been raising queens. Now you're going to raise a king or prince. You're yeah. raising queens, you're going to raise a prince or whatever. And Courtney came up to me after service and she said, David, Pastor David said, I'm going to have a little boy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, come down, whatever it had been. McKenzie was like a year old, you know, and I was thinking, come on. Whatever. Well, a week later, she's pregnant, and bang, here comes Baxley, you know, which was amazing. And he is our little prince. Yeah, he was. And, he, and, he, and he, he's my buddy. Obviously, I love him just like I love the rest of you. But he, um, so we stopped having babies, and Courtney said, we, I could get, have an operation, no more babies. We're just going to raise our kids and, and do that and have fun. The day Baxley went to kindergarten, the day he went to kindergarten, <laughs> it was a Monday, Courtney called me freaking out. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What am I supposed to do? All the kids are gone. I don't I'm, I'm my mom. What am I supposed to do? I'm like, oh, my God. Go play tennis. Go do something with your friends. And she's like, no, I want to have another kid. Well, I held her off for about a year. When Baxi was five, I held her off till he was six. I said, I'll, I'll buy you a business. I was doing anything. Not, not that I didn't want another kid. I just wanted her to. She'd been raising kids since the day we got married. I wanted her to go have a life. And I thought that's. And I was trying to think for her again. This came back and bit me financially, especially. But I went and started a business for her that she had no interest in doing. And I was trying to force her down a path that she didn't want to go. And we ended up closing the business. And then she convinced me to have another baby. And the convince went something like this. And I know we got to move on. But I was at work on a Monday evening. My wife called me and said, hey, I made a consult for us to have a, a meeting with a doctor about reversing your vasectomy. And I, I had no idea, again, that we were going back down this road again. That is so funny. The meeting, the, the doctor's appointment was on Tuesday, the next morning. So she told me on mo- Monday night that I had a doctor's appointment on Tuesday. She had already set the surgery up for Thursday of the same <laughs> week. So it wasn't, there was no, we, we, this wasn't a discussion period. And this is not one of those ones you'd argue with your wife's guys. When your wife is this headstrong that she made two appointments and a surgery schedule before she let you know, you probably want to go down that path. So I went and met with a doctor on a Tuesday, had a surgery on a Thursday. Three weeks later, she's pregnant with Maddox. So, and you know what? I would have done it again for her. And I don't hope to God she doesn't hear this and want me to reverse it again. <laughs> but I'm saying, <laughs> because that was not a fun experience. But, but Maddox um, really was the addition to our family that God it, knew we needed. We needed it. We needed it. And she needed it. And we all needed it. And it, and, 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 mm. and he's, I, I'm going to the football game with him tonight with all his little friends. And I'm so excited. It's literally my Friday night. I'm going to take Maddox and six fifth graders to a high school football game that I'm actually going to watch while they run around and drink Coke and pretzels. But I'm pretty excited about it. That's my Friday night. And guess what? I'm excited about it. I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to get home to spend time with them. So it was a good decision, but that was one of the ones your mom made on her own and just let me know. And sometimes you got to follow suit, man. So, so in the, in the realm of parenting and Ty, if you have a question interjected anytime, what I want to know is you guys obviously set a standard for us to live 
um, that, you know, this is what's acceptable, but this is what's not acceptable. But we never really had a curfew, and y'all were not really strict. Um, and then we've seen in other people's lives that when you're super-duper strict, then a kid kind of goes buck wild because they don't have, like, any free will, I guess, and, like, opportunities to fail. So what's the balance of, like, trusting your kids and giving them grace, but then also you want them to, like, not be an idiot? I think that we felt like you guys had enough foundation and the fact that we didn't do things in your presence, meaning you didn't always think that we were checking up on you. Your mom was out doing recon. I mean, we had phone conversations going. I mean, we were like, oh yeah, we trust you. Go have fun. And I'm like in the woods with binoculars half a mile oh my away. Gosh, so, crazy. I, but we did, but it wasn't because of a trust factor. It's just that we didn't trust the influence of the people who had in your life. Cause you're so, you, when you're young, middle school, high school, you can get pushed very easily without even knowing you're getting pushed yeah. in, a, in a wrong way. And we wanted to be present enough that we were able to interject. And we had serious things we had to interject with Madison in middle school. We actually took her out of school for a period of time because we couldn't control some of those variables. We're going to do what it takes to protect you guys. You have to trust your kids. If you put complete parameters on everything they say, you can't watch this, drink this, do this, do this, do that. I think that it's going to cause, um, and I know the parents' int intentions are genuine. I think it's going to cause a long-term problem between your relationship with your kids yeah. so we wanted you guys to make some of your own decisions but you're going to deal with the own consequences so when you made that decision and as a result this is what happened guess what now these are the consequences i don't know that you really had any off the rails crazy ones that i can think of right now that were i mean kenzie's had a couple <laughs> madison's <laughs> had a couple baxley's had one recently um you know, and lucky for me, your mom's the enforcer, which is crazy to believe that she's 120 pounds, yeah. five foot two, and she is uh, a Ty's had a couple. Oh, yeah, Ty got it in the wiffle ball game. Man, the wiffle ball, some game. Good ones. The wiffle ball yeah. game in Florida. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you and Taylor both got it at the same time. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so she's the enforcer, which is good because I, I don't Dad love that calls part. us when mom's coming on her rampage. Yeah, I give him a heads like, up. And he's like, your mom's coming. Take anything she could possibly <laughs> throw at you and put it away. I try to give y'all advice on what to say. This is what she's hot about don't just say yes ma'am don't do this i tried prepping your brother on his last one that did not go well. oh my gosh we gotta get to like the last couple of thoughts but okay. ty do you have a parenting question you want to ask because you're not there yet but you're gonna yeah be. no i mean i got a, just a couple quick ones but um yes i'll be but, the godfather Absolutely. <laughs> yeah it's I mean, I've never seen you yell Bo maybe like five times, but those five times are pretty good, you know? Yeah, <laughs> but I kind of uh, flip the switch and go crazy. It's not a good quality, though, but... Yeah, and it's... I'd, I've always been curious, like, because you've got so many moving parts in your life and you've got so many kids, you know, like, talking about, like, the discipline and, like, like how you would talk to each one because they have... They, you know, each one has its own spirit, you know what I'm saying? Their own mm -hmm. tenderness and the way they click. And, um, I mean, do you find yourself, like disciplining at different yes. measures oh, yeah. based on the action and like and the individual you know what i'm saying because like you can Baxley may tick one way and he's done it one time and then you know bailey's done something else at a different level um, you know like yes, you got so many different factors and <laughs> yeah i think but you also got you also got those kids watching you on seeing how you discipline and what you do too you know so 
Well, everybody's it's, your expectations. These kids, you can't, they, it's not unilateral. You can't expect the same thing from every one of your kids. You can't say none of our kids are going to get their. They're not going to their first dance. They're eighteen, and they're not getting this and this. Like when mm-hmm. Madison got her first car, it was like she had a nicer car than me and Courtney, but it was the safest yeah. car on the road. I didn't even argue that. I did argue it for a minute with her, Courtney, but it didn't last. Then I tried to get her dad to back me up, and guess what? He bailed on <laughs> me too, man. So it was I was flying solo on that. I ended up at the Volvo dealership looking crazy buying this car, but. Um, yeah, you do have to parent them differently. And it, I don't say that I have necessarily a soft spot for one more than the other. I just know that, um, like, Madison kind of walked pretty straight and steady for a period of time and really didn't go too sideways on me. Bailey's kind of always been in the middle of the road, and her friends were mostly in the middle of the road. So, I mean, because her friends, not her guy friends necessarily at that time, but most of Haley her girl, and Haley and Marissa were all pretty good kids, so she didn't have a lot of bad influence. Madison had a lot of friends that were but wild, but she didn't really follow suit. She made sure that she stood out. So she mm-hmm. was the untouchable. And she's bossy. So. And she is bossy. Kinsey's group was just across the board. <laughs> crazy group. And I just kicked out of Top Golf last week. Yeah, and I love all of her friends, but it was a different group. So I have to parent Kinsey different because what she sees as abnormal or different because of the group she's around, I can't really jump on her too hard without discrediting her friendships. And I don't want to do that, you know, because I love her friends and I love her and she makes good decisions. Is she perfect? No, but Bailey's not either. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I had to pick who's the closest to perfect, <laughs> I don't even know who I would say. I would have said Maddox, but he's only 11 but, or 12 now. But, um, you know, they, it's all different. And yeah, you're so, tougher on boys. Dad yeah, I, is tougher on the boys, but mom is more like receptive or not i don't know the word like understanding with them and then you are more nicer to us about things and then she goes crazy on us i guess yeah. the best way to put it is like bailey is a pastor at a, at a, at a church if, if she messes up it mess it could mess her potentially her whole life up her whole walk mm-hmm. it can be messed up so i'm very protective on her and her people what she does because this is what she's supposed to do she's excelling at that i have to protect her dream because i don't want any of her friends to push her one way or another that's going to cause her to jeopardize her dream Baxley mm-hmm. is is a collegiate football player. Any little step left or right can jeopardize all of that. So I have to nurture him. And sometimes it's not fun because he's not receptive to me saying it to him. It's like he doesn't want to hear it from me because I know, I know, I know. But I understand you know, but I want to make sure you realize this is the consequence of this action. So I have to baby that. Kenzie is trying to figure her life out right now and I don't want her to make any decisions that are going to jeopardize her because she has so many amazing qualities and everything that she does from how she reacts to the kids she's so creative she's so photogenic she's what her, she her can cook. She, yeah, and she's an amazing cook her <laughs> potential is untapped but I mean I try to protect each of them in their own way Madison's now married you know but Madison is just like Courtney so she doesn't do anything that's going to jeopardize her, her marriage because that's who she is you know so it's like each one of them's mm-hmm. different and now Maddox is where I'm at right now most of my effort is sneaking up to the door outside Maddox's room when he's on virtual reality to hear how he talks when he doesn't think I'm around. I want to see what he says, who he talks mm-hmm. to. Then I walk, I sneak up to him when he's at the football game when he's around other girls to see if he's saying things that are he's heard or borderline inappropriate because that's what you have to do as a parent. You, don't, I don't want to snoop behind my kids, but I'm not going to be I'm not going to be the parent Naive, that's going to go yeah. right. How did you not know this was going on? Mm-hmm. So. I, I know what my kids' faults are. I know what their strengths are. That's what you have to do. And each one's going to be different. So when your first one comes off, we'll, we'll, I'll do you a little book on, hey, this is what I'm thinking on this one, and we'll kind of pass you down the road. <laughs> so, well, I'll help you out. But it is fun, man, learning your kids and their personality and their traits and see the directions that they go and their interests. I mean. Do you think so, our toddler, like our us as toddlers, is kind of a reflection of the adult we are at all? 
Like, do you think our small mm. attributes that were seen when we were younger are big <laughs> at contributing factors? It probably is. I mean, because Madison was super bossy when she was young, and she still is now, and she's a very successful executive now. And that's kind of who I always figured she would be. And you were always just praising and running around talking about Jesus. That's all you did. Every video I have is you talking about something. And um, and we're sweet and kind of reserved, and that's kind of who you are. And Kinsey was sassy and and kind of go back at you, but not like bossy, but sassy. And that's kind of developed who she is. And Baxley had a baseball or a football his whole life, and that's what he chased, you know. So, and Maddox is the generation of the kids now, which is, you know, is a little bit more of the virtual thing, which is a different thing. And that's I'm struggling more with Maddox than I did with any of y'all, you know, because yeah, they're just so much out their hands and out there. What they're exposed to at this age is crazy. Mm-hmm. So protecting your kids is so different now because it's like. Disney is putting some weird sketchy stuff out there. But do you, parents use the apps. There's apps that are available to watch your kids' phones. That if anything comes through, if you do, if you have questions, hit hit Bay up on, and she'll get. Her mom's done all the research. We have all that stuff on our little boy's phone, so we can monitor stuff. And it's very simple. It's not evasive, and it doesn't matter. You're their parent. I don't care if it's evasive or not. So yeah. it's necessary because yeah. you don't want to get find something out from another person that you didn't already know because it's just frustrating. So, and it doesn't need to happen. That's good. I'm going to fire off some questions and I need you to give me your first reaction and then we're going to wrap it up. Number one, what is your key to fighting well with your spice spouse? Sorry. Fighting well with like how did you're going to have arguments, you're going to have conflict, but how do you fight? Well, how do you resolve conflict in marriage? What's a little, like, this is what has yeah, helped well, us. First, the most important thing is, irregardless of the situation, if you're wrong, you got to figure it out at the front. Because if you're arguing a point that you're really wrong on and you have a stubborn wife, you just started a war for no reason. The acknowledgement of what went wrong, most of the problems that I caught, that with fights that Courtney and I had in our marriage early on, when she was, I would say, she's acting crazy. It's because of what I did that made her act crazy. I did something wrong. This was her reaction. You have to be aware of what the front of the problem is. And if you really don't see it, don't let it escalate. If you, it, Most of the time when I go into fight, I already know I'm right or she's right. And I, I would validate I'm right. And it doesn't mean my wife's going to back down. But if I don't know, I try to de-escalate it from ever getting into a fight. Like, hey, I didn't even know you wanted me to say that so i i should have seen that ownership ownership is important and 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 if you are wrong get over the high that's your wife that's your husband it is a waste of time to ruin an evening a weekend a day an hour a minute of your marriage for something you already know you're wrong on so you got to be man or woman enough to admit i messed up on this i don't want to really say that i messed up because i'm embarrassed they told me as so what my according to me i told you not to do that and you did it anyway and guess what happened X happened. And you go, you know what? As much as I didn't want to hear that, you were 100% right. So avoid the ones that are avoidable. Take ownership Mm -hmm. of the ones that you're at fault for. And if you don't know, don't let it escalate. Because if you really, sometimes when you're both on opposite sides of the fence and you both think you're dead right and neither one of you are going to concede, what comes out of that? Nothing. Just go, hey, you know what? I missed it. Maybe you missed it. But this is not worth us wasting time. I can't stand when... I see couples that are fighting. We haven't talked in days. I don't. If I don't talk to Courtney in ten minutes, then there's a problem. I mean, if she's mm-hmm. either she's throwing something <laughs> or back out the driveway, <laughs> or we're, you know, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean if I did something wrong that I go, I, I'm sorry, I love you, and it's it's immediately over. If I did something wrong, there's consequences to what I did. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm punished like a child, but if you do something your spouse told you not to do, and you lied about it or got caught doing it, don't get mad because you got caught. You make the mistake. And if yeah. she made it, make it do it. Just avoid, I'm saying avoid them. I'm not saying by lying. I'm saying admit it, 
if you're wrong, convince them that they're wrong if you feel they're wrong. If you really don't know, don't de-escalate it. Just keep it as low-key as you possibly can. Don't raise your voice. Right, because it's not gonna, nothing's going to come out of it. That's so good. Um, and then entrepreneurship, we didn't talk a whole lot about it, but in the time of you being a cop, you did not go to college. You started your own business, and you are self made with God. So you're really not self-made because God gave yeah. it all. But what are your tips for entrepreneurship as a successful businessman who is everywhere and does everything? Um, again, I like a fast answer, but what are your tips for that? Yeah. Um, entrepreneurship is, is obviously my life. I've been self-employed since 1999 and I've provided what I would think would be pretty, pretty well for my family. And, um, don't walk away from a known for an unknown is what I can tell you. A lot of people will get an idea about something in the midst of a conversation or after talking to somebody and they leave a job that's a guaranteed thing to go try something. That's not always the right way to do it. When I started my first business when I was very young, um, it was called Bo Mose, And I just was a play on words. I thought that was impressive. And I cut grass and I made money. And then I was a police officer for a while. And I didn't like that I never had any money because we didn't make a lot of money. But I didn't want to quit policing because I needed the insurance and things like that. Sometimes decisions, if you're single and you're living at home with your parents and you've got a parachute you can jump out with and they're going to give you some grace, then rock on. If you got a spouse that's super successful, that's pushing you to, to excel in something and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you 12 months to start that business, then go for it. If you're a man and you're married and you're the primary breadwinner of your family, you don't get the luxury of chasing something sometimes. And I'm not discouraging entrepreneurship. I'm telling you, have a backup plan. You cannot walk yeah. away from your responsibilities to chase something sometimes. You have to, right? When I was a police officer, I started my landscape company. I'd literally met builders on duty as a police officer, which doesn't sound like I was doing my job, but I was public serving. And then I built my business. And when I had enough business to step away, I stepped away. And it was still the scariest thing that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. But it was the right decision for me. But again, I took the steps of ascension to get to where I needed to get. So entrepreneurship, I'm 100% supportive of it. I love brainstorming. Ty and I talk about stuff like this since he was 12, probably. We've had mm-hmm. conversations about these things. And if we have the things that we talked about, Ty, are multi-million dollar ideas right now. So we yeah. missed them. So sometimes, <laughs> I mean, Cameo, I created that. Come on, let's be honest. But um, it's, it's just, it's a tough thing to do. But entrepreneurship, I do believe in it. I do believe you can make a business on your own. I'm just saying that if you have other people that are dependent on you, it takes away some of the ability to just side off and try something crazy. So just be smart about it and seek wisdom from other people that have already done it or people that are successful in another industry. Seek knowledge from other people, get counseling, get a partner that you trust that can help you accommodate, that has the same goals that you are, mitigate your risk by taking on a partner sometimes. Those are the greatest ways to do it. That's good. And then giving and tithing, how does that play into that? Because you are always preaching that to us. Tithing is just, to me, it's a no, I, I say it's a no-brainer. It's biblical. It's in the Word. It, it 100% is what it is. All of the money is God's. He's asking for 10% of it back. And if that's a hard pill for you to swallow, then you're missing a lot of blessings that are out there for you. And um, I know people look at these big churches and they think, oh, they don't need my money. The churches don't, it's the money's not for the churches. The money's for God's to be used to help people. So when you write your check to your to your home church, when you do that, yeah. what happens to the money is, is not any of your business at that point. It's being used appropriately or that church wouldn't be getting the blessings of God and it wouldn't be successful. That's good. It's not for you to worry about. So, and I've, and I've had this conversation with my father-in-law and I know we got to go, but I, I used to give money to people when I worked in Atlanta a lot, and I, I would see people come up, I need money for gas, I need money for this, and I'd give them money, then five minutes later, I passed them down the road, 
drinking alcohol. And it made me where I got hard, where I'm like, I'm not going to help people anymore because I feel like they're not going to do it the right way. And Papa's answer was, you're judged on the condition of your heart when you give the money. If I'm giving you money and I feel that you're in need, what you do with the money is not relevant. God said to help this girl out, whether you miss it or didn't, you don't get punished if you miss it from God. It doesn't matter if you gave the money for fuel or baby food and they bought alcohol. You're judged on the condition of your heart That's when good. you gave it. So be comfortable with the decision when you make it and stand by and walk on. But I, I was the most successful in life, not when my businesses were the most prosperous. When I gave the most, I had the most. If mom would wrote a book, and I wish she had, and she still tells me now that when we gave the most money, it wasn't always the church. It was to help people and, and do other things. But when we sowed seed, we benefited from it. And I'm not saying it's a, a retirement plan. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if you sow with genuine intentions and a pure heart and you're giving with the intentions on blessing somebody, not looking for something in return, that's when God can open up the windows and just and bless you. And it happens. And my life's a testimony, and I have several friends that whose lives are testimonies that you should get on the show one day anyway and hear what they got to say. Yes. And then the last question, because this has been so good, Dad, and I'm so proud of you, and you're amazing. And I always talk about how amazing you and Mom are. Um, but it's cool for me to get to share that with the world. Literally, we don't know who it's going to reach. Right. But um, the last question, which this is our favorite, me and Ty's favorite question, is um, what would you tell 16-year-old Bo? And um, this is could be funny, could be practical, could be spiritual. What, like, what would you tell yourself if you could go back and you could give yourself some advice? If I could tell myself, see, I thought I was like a 16-year-old kid. Myself, I would have uh, I would have saved earlier pursued sports, stop chasing girls because the right one's going to find you anyway because God's going to intervene. You don't have to chase that. I would have stopped that part of my life, which was a fun part, but it was an absolute waste of time. Um, and I would have implemented some of the changes I have in my life earlier. I would have I would have started being the better version of me that God created me to be at an earlier age. And again, I was never a bad person in the essence of I didn't do things with malice intent. I yeah. just made bad decisions. So I don't want people to think, oh, he was this crazy kid. Yeah, I got arrested one time for driving with a suspended license because I thought I paid a ticket that I didn't pay. That's he went to jail. He's a thug. Yeah. Don't, let, don't sleep on my dad ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's been there. He I, knows I, that. Right. I wrote He's raised in these streets. I'm and just kidding. And then I worked as a police officer for five years. Yeah. So. <laughs> I Six, was raised in those Quillwood streets. Don't, right. don't worry about me. Raised in the hood. But, yeah, hey, when you're young, 16 years old, when you get a job, save. It makes all the difference in the world. Ty's yeah. a testament to this, and his father is brilliant at this. But you save your money at a young age, invest it. It's life-changing when you get older. Mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you. Look up the word compound interest because it's unbelievable. But um, Cash is king. Yeah, find your friends, your, a good group of friends, and surround yourself by them. And uh, but there's some teachers that are really trying to help you. They're speaking to you. They're not trying to be evasive. They're really trying to help you. And to you, it seems like they're being nosy or butting in that they're really not. They really have some wisdom to instill in you. Get in a good youth group that you enjoy being with, wherever that is, whatever church that is, whatever it is. If you want to plug into a youth group, it can change your life at a young age. Yeah. Because you get around other people that have common objectives and goals which helps you stay true to where you're trying to go and it makes life a little bit easier amen dad this was amazing this is gonna go on my top three favorite episodes top three yeah <laughs> i can't say top one because it's too controversial but uh, yeah i love you and i really do i mean i constantly get to sit under you and just ask you questions and we consistently talk about Jesus and life and boys and all the things. And dad's not like a normal dad. He wants to know all of it. Like he wants to know about 
our friendships and what we're struggling with and what we're excelling with. And he wants to see our clothes. Like he, we're, I'm like, I got cool shirts. So he's in our life. So um, real quickly, I think it'd be cool. What is the prayer that you pray over us for parents to go back and listen to? Because I think it's one of, or if not the biggest contributing factor to your kids being the way that they are. Yeah. Well, I, I actually learned it from, from Papa was part of it. And then, Pastor Todd, Ty's dad, brought a lot of pieces of it together. The part that your dad brought, Ty, was when he said that, I pray if my kids do something wrong, they get caught, which is unusual to pray. But the way he was saying was, I'd rather them learn an early age not to do something wrong that suffer the consequences, because that can be a, a, a point in your life when you trajectory to the right direction, yeah, which was kind of a cool thing to pray. But yeah, I mean, my big thing is, is that I just pray that my kids, they're surrounded by good people and that their marriages are blessed, that their spouses are exactly who God created them to be, that their children are born healthy, beautiful, their marriage is full of laughter, romance, financial prosperity, that they find favor with their coaches, their teachers, their friends, that they're the president, CEO, founders of companies, they're biblical tithers and givers. And that they're a witness to everybody that they're around, that they love each other, they take care of their family, they honor God with every decision they make, they never compromise their walk with God. And a lot of that stuff goes hand in hand. And but we're the head and not the tail. We're the head and tail, we don't, we're the lender, not the borrower. But I, I want to hit, hit on them about, I want to cover them, their children, their children's children. I want to cover their time in school and, and education and make sure that their teachers see them as something special, that they want to speak over them more directly. And in, in Baxi's case, his coaches, I want them to see who he is. So I pray that the coaches see in him what I see in him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's it. I mean, you just, you have to, it's important. It's, it shouldn't be rehearsed and it should be contoured from prayer to prayer. Like Courtney actually writes some of the prayers that we're praying like right now over like, we have one that we're with, we have specifically, she wrote for Baxi and one that she specifically wrote for Kinsey recently for things that go on in their life. And I do it every night. I mean, it's just, I have it on my phone in my notes. So it's a, sometimes and you have to alter that prayer to based on what your kids are and dealing with at that time in. and the season they're in. But repetition and prayer and building faith is so, 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 so important. Guys. Praying for your kids' spouses that they are God-fearing Christian people that will love them and honor them and be faithful and to them. And romance, hey. Well, I said romance. Don't, I know, I'm saying like people leave that out. Their marriage should be fun. It, it should sh- be full of laughter. Sh- laughter, romance, financial prosperity, and faithfulness. If you hit all of those, the rest of it, they'll develop on their own. And yeah. that's what everybody wants. I love laughing with my life. I love being romantic with my life. I love the fact that we're financially sound. So if you encompass that into one, that's the greatest gift. Next to salvation, that's it. I mean, yeah. you, you give that to your kids and you prepare it for them. And God's been hearing that all those years, what you want for your kid, he's going to find that right person. And it's going to become apparent to them. That's good. Well, Dad, I love you. I love you too, baby girl. I really do. I'm so thankful for you. And Ty, I love you. And the last thing I'm going to say is, as much as spiritual things were talked about this, my dad has lived in like the what the world would call fun and whatever. And obviously, me and Ty have lived in that in seasons and occasions and places where we fell or whatever. But I'll let you know that your life with Jesus is the happiest and the most whole and the most fun you'll ever have. Absolutely. In our family, as much as, you know, we love Jesus and we're not perfect at all, I can tell you one thing. We have fun and we love each other. And we will never get it right and we'll never be perfect, but we can learn from each other and we can learn from you and your story, Dad. So I have to bring a collage of pictures of our vacations that Ty took with us from the time he was like, what, six? The blonde tips. (laughs) That's my favorite picture. (laughs) You with your broken arm? Oh, well, Dad, I love you again. Thank you. And I know that this is going to bless so many people. But, guys, 
send this to a friend. Go back and listen to it. Take some notes and um, make sure you're following us. Thank you, Godspeed and One Church again. Everybody be blessed. Have a great week. And remember that you are amazing, that there is a reason that you're here, that you're anointed, that you're called. If anything was confusing to you, reach out to me. Reach out to my dad. Reach out to Ty. We'd love to talk with you. DM us. And um, as always, guys, remember to look for the good in things. And if there's nothing good, then become the good in the thing. Love you. Love you. See you guys. We're gonna have a good